So we're at the bottom of page Samaches, 68, the end of chapter 39, the end of the Mimer Discourse 10, in Hemshech Ayim Beis, he's concluding the Matis Mimer, Matis Masi Mimer, with answering the questions that he began at the beginning of the Mimer. As we said, these are sections that were added later that uh, break so-called the flow. So based on what we learn in the flow, there's the answer to the questions, then he begins the next Mimer, and then to understand that, Yesh Lahagdim, continuing the flow. The flow meaning what the Rebbe Rashab Lechadchila initially wrote, he wrote the whole thing in one flow. But, being that this was written at a later date, and delivered, and it's in a different context, it helps sometimes, or I would say always, illuminate some of the ideas that were stated before, because it's restated in a, in a different context. Uh, Different context. Okay, so Valpianal Yuva, but before that, before that, second summary time. Um, forget about that. So we're talking here about Mylomata, the structure, the spatial, conceptual structure of existence, which is defined in language of Chassidus here, Mylomata, higher and lower, which really means degrees, states of being, positions. So physically, when we say a physical position, you say, okay, I position this here, I position that there. When you're talking concept, position means, position is a president, a vice president, a father, a son, a mother, a daughter, a teacher, a student. It has nothing to do with physical position, it's to do with um, conceptual position. So Mailamata and Ruchnius, as he's been explaining, is defined by degree of energy, measure and degree of energy. More energy, higher position. And uh, I explained degree of energy, meaning ribui and miut, language of the Maimut, degree, more or less energy. And that is connected to the kiruv and richuk of the entity to its source, meaning the closer, the, the closer to the source, the more degree of energy it's receiving. The, the more distant from the source, the less degree, and thus mata. So that's milo mata. And he, he right here is an exercise itself to explain this when you speak this language. You can talk to anyone. You can talk to a physicist, to a scientist, to an educator, to a secular person. Everyone understands energy. There's things that have more energy, they have less energy. Take away the word, take away degrees of energy, you have complete gibberish. You have completely mysterious words. Eris and kalim, ribui, miyut. What? It sounds almost like, you know, people say vessels and, 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 and light. And that, that doesn't mean anything. When you think of it this way, it's a whole different story. So if someone says, why is the mind... Myla and the leg mata. Why do we walk upright? The head is smaller, as you said, because there's more energy in the head. There's a higher degree of energy. So that's what's called myla, that's called higher. What's called lower is when there's less energy. So in this context, he's been talking about, the Rabbi Shab is talking about that both in Sphidus and Elamis. It's another important thing. Both in the structure, in other words, the structure of the Sphidus, that's the actual DNA, the actual building blocks. And the elements are the dimensions, meaning Asilus, Biri, Asilus. So in all, both of them, there's Maila Mata. Discussed also that this is not just something that happens on the Kalim level, meaning on the container level. So the container is, uh, let's say, more crass or more broad, so you have so-called less energy. That also the energies themselves are fundamentally, the Chachma is a fundamentally higher level, and that's why there's more energy. And that's why there's less container. So it's the other way around. And then that led us into a discussion where he breaks it down specifically into Chachma Bin. That was the example he's been using in the last few chapters, Chachma Bin. 
A Chochmah and Bina, exactly what I just said. Chochmah is fundamentally higher than Bina. Chochmah takes the Muhus of something. Bina takes the Metzius. Chochmah is like Ria. Bina is like Shmir. Seeing and hearing. And he explained at length how Chochmah is... Um, how, how Chochmah is... The last piece was that Abba, Mechim the Abba is L'mayla Mishtalshus. Meaning the intellect of Abba. Chochmah is higher than Mishtalshus, meaning it's higher than the structure. So we see from that that it's a fundamentally different level. It's not just a bina happens to be a diminished chachma. It's two different states of uh, being. And chachma is therefore higher than ishtalshul. To explain what means higher than ishtalshul, is went into the whole discussion of ilava ol. That there's two types of ilava ol. Two ways. You could two ways. Two efanim. One where the ila, the cause and effect, are are of different mahus, different personality. That example is meichin and midas. Also chachma and bina, as he said. That's one. So the whole back and forth. That the one comes from the other, but there's Midas and Meichin. But bottom line is two separate entities, one leading, giving birth to the other. And the other example is the, is the, 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 the branch of a tree, is Ilavala, where they're the same Hus. And, uh, and there too, there's cause and effect. But either way, Chochmah is higher than both of those. So however you, you, you explain it, but it's higher than both, because Chochmah is above Ishtashos, meaning that Chochmah is not in the category. Even of a, even like mech mech and it's of, a, of it's of a different level. That's what we discussed at the end of uh, the chapter mem. That I have to explain the second type of bill of all, and going back and forth and, and midas and so on. Um, so then here he said, We talk about the essence of something. There, there's no diminishing. Like a meichin midas, the meichin has to be diminished for it to enter into the midas. The midas and the meichin are on a more sublime level, etc. Here you're talking about an etzim, and that's the meichin the abel amal mishdalshus. At the end of, we're talking about the end of page samachas. So then he concludes the chacham bin zriya and shmiya. Zriya kistefus is grasped the essence of a thing. And shmiya just the mitzias that you know that it's there, but you don't know the essence of it. That's why it's a, a fundamentally samtus, a certain resonating truth that Chachma brings. That's more or less the summary here. Um, okay. So now, Valpia, now you've a Masha Pasha Nadarim, Nemra Lareshi Hamatis. According to the above, we'll understand the question he asked in the beginning of the Maimer why is this mitzvah, Matis, said to the Roshi Hamatis? Why not by Dabra Shem Omeshal Emir, Dabra Bnei Yisro? Speak straight to the Jews. Why did it go? Dabra Roshi Hamatis. Listen, there is. It says, Lemez, Dabra Meshal Roshi Hamatis. Libne Yisrael, Lemez. So on. So he's saying, Up here now we'll understand why he spoke to the, why, the, why this Pasha is spoken dafka to the heads of the tribes. Venember Ba Zehadavar. And what's the meaning of Zehadavar? Tehine Yidua. So here's going to be interesting to see how the Rebbe Rashab takes a whole sugya, as I said, it was independently written from this and connects it in a way that it's seamless and not like some type of add-on. Okay. A plug-in. And so it says like this, the Nidua, it's known, the Nidorim heim bebina. Nidorim vows. We say vows or oaths, or it's the same thing. In English, a neder and a Another is on the person, a shvu is on the thing. Uh, I'm sorry, the other way around. But how is it in English? Is there a different word? Vow and oath is the same thing in English. 
probably. Yeah. Okay. So what do we have here is like this. So Nadarim, this Indian of Nadarim, when a person says, I will avoid and not, I take upon myself a vow that I will not drink wine or I won't do something else. That's the kedr of another. What is it in Ruchnius? That level of another is Bina. The intensity of another, the Gemara says, is that when someone, everyone who takes a vow, it's not just a small matter, it's as if you're vowing in the life of the king. That's how, how significant it is. Melech, what's, what's, that, what's the proof that that's Bina? So Melech is Bechina Zah. Melech, what, what kind of, what's, what's the, what does it mean? They vows the king. Why, why use that example? Why not say he's vowing on the life of his children or the life of, of himself? It's also, so Melech is the letter of love, Zah. V'chaya Melech Bechina Bina. Interesting, you think Melech is Malchus. Okay. I guess here it's Zah. Huh? Malka, Melech, Malka, maybe. Yeah, no, but, but yeah, but so Melech is Zah, and Chaya Melech, the life of the Melech, is Bina, because it gives birth, as we spoke. It's the, it's the Ima that's nailed to give birth to the Melech. Melech is like a Zahar, right? Yeah, that's why. That's the Pasha, Zah, I understand. Yeah, okay. This is definitely not the Rebbe Rashab's original. This is called, This is definitely coming from Eir Eir or other Maimorim. It's not a. I'm not saying that Rebbe Rashab doesn't have the authority to make. To make a statement like this, but generally speaking, like this, these things are not just as a rule. You see something like this almost, almost 99.9 percent. This was written somewhere else. I mean, this this level. Most likely that even this piece, this whole end of the piece, is taken from Amorim Amatis elsewhere. So he says, we have to just bring a little halachas here. What's the story with nether? So when a person takes a nether, which in general from the Taylor point of view is not always considered the optimal thing, it's considered special circumstances. You know, a nozir, for example, is the gather of a nether. But a nozir is not just taking one vow, it's a whole, several vows. So the Taylor, like the Taylor, the says, it's enough with God forbade you, you don't have to take upon yourself more things. But there are situations, why would a person take a nether? I'm talking about a gedusha. Because either he saw something inappropriate, like it says by the Nazis, or a situation where he feels he needs a special uh, tshuva, a special being careful. Yeah, so, so he takes upon himself for 30 days or whatever the period of time, uh, a, a, an additional, like against, usually against wine and cutting your hair. Those are the two things when you talk about a Nazir. But Now, there's a, there's, what happens if a person has regrets, takes a, never, a, a vow, and then wants to absolve it. You can't just, like he just said, it's a serious thing. You can't just, just make a vow and then tomorrow say, my word is nothing. So he has to go to a chacham. A chacham is matanis haneder. A chacham is a wise person of the generation, a scholar, a sage, and, and he knows how to, how to be matanis haneder means absolving someone of their vow. When we say kol nidre, and by Yom Kippur, we're basically absolving ourselves of all the vows in front of a bezdin. That's why, that's how it's done. So it's... Uh, for, for Rosh Hashanah, we say a, a minor form of that when we atarus nedarim. So atarus nedarim, atarus means to be unbind ourselves from something that we're bound to. So nedar generally means being bound to, and unbinding ourselves. In this context, obviously, you can hear about sp- in the spiritual level. So bina, so far we said, is nedarim comes from bina. So there, right away, you see the connection to the previous section. We're talking about chacham. Hamatras and is more powerful than bina. Bina is the place that you make the net. 
his vow. And Chochem has the power to undo that. For Inyan, who, what's the Inyan in this? I mean, just to bring it down a little, make it a little more palatable, because most people, you know, when you start saying vows, they say, I don't know what it means, vow, last, every time I curse somebody is a vow. You know, there are always people always saying, well, every word a person utters is, is, is a sacred. <laughs> and right. So it's not just, I'm not just talking about now talking about a vow, I'm talking about what words mean. Words, you give somebody a word, or you, or you break your word, it's not a small matter. So essentially, this is a. Uh, in, in talking about the root of things, why the tater makes it such a mitzvah. Why can't you say the tater is just, hey, it's a menshachal thing. You, take, you make an oath. But the tater, it's a whole sugi, it's a whole concept because it's a whole masech in the darim. There's in the darim. There's laws and laws about this. Because uh, when you go all the way up to the root of things, you say the shtashlas, a nether is bina and chachm. You're dealing with uh, serious commitments here. Breaking a commitment, not a small matter. Why? It doesn't say why. It just says it is. It just says, Chaya Melech is Bina. Maybe as we learn it, he'll explain it. And I don't want to bring from my recollection. It says in places why it's Bina. Bina is, is when you get involved in something. But anyway, let's see. Now, everything in this physical world is under the control and the governance of Klippus let me just explain what klipa snake is so we don't... People misunderstand the word klipa. Klipa has become synonymous with ra, with evil. It's not correct. A klipa means a husk. It means a shell. Literally, klipa, a klipa is, a, is a shell, like an eggshell or a husk of a, a piece, a nut, a, a nutshell or a peel. Kabbalah speaks about this hard klipas, this soft klipas. Like, like an apple peel, an orange peel, a soft banana peel. Hard clippers are like a walnut. They're even harder. Coconut. Nuts are usually harder peels. Now, these are in physical. What is, what is really the, the, the idea of a peel? A peel is a protector. In nature. Why, why do fruits have peels? Because <clears throat> the, the fruit itself is very tender and prone to bacteria or other infections or predators, others will eat it. So the peel protects it. You, know, you look at animals, animals naturally know how to peel off. Uh, as a matter of fact, most of us peel a banana, the way we peel it, it's backwards. You look at a monkey peels it from the bottom up, what we call bottom up. And if you check it out, it's easier to peel that way, actually. So, just for the record. So, they say you learn IM Bayes, you'll even learn how to peel bananas. It's practical, so this is very practical. Not that he's talking about peeling bananas. Anyway. So what is appeal? What's appeal? That's appeal begashmis. But God created this physical world is a dogma, an example of the spiritual. What is it in the spiritual world? Basically, a fruit and appeal is like a eid and a keli, if you think about it. It's an energy and a container. Not in the container as in two separate things, but no different than you put the internal organs are also inside of appeal or inside of a husk, which is our bodies, our skeleton. But the Shalom explains it like this. And this is based on Itzchayim and, and uh, Zehar. Klippa is called Klippa Shemir Lepri. The whole purpose of a Klippa, why God created Klippas, was they should protect so-called sensitive energies. So as those energies will evolve and come into lower worlds, they need a protection. They need what protect from whom? Because God, God created two forces. 
One is going to be concealing eloquence, godliness, and one reveals. So the clip is actually meant to be a protector. That the other side, Lumaza, should not... Poach. Should write poach. But now, the problem is, the clipper itself can become a problem. Because the clipper, by definition, is a concealer. And if you don't understand its purpose, it can become, you could say, hey, one second, the peel becomes the enemy. So imagine we wouldn't know there's fruits inside all these shells that we see. And you, you start eating the, the shell. Or throwing it all out, because you're saying, hey, it's worthless. It doesn't have any taste. That's a misunderstood clipper, basically. When the clippers are misunderstood, they become what we call the beginnings of problems. It's like the concealment, if you don't understand it's only there to reveal or to protect, then it becomes an end in itself. So there's two types of clippers. There's clippers nega. This is, these are words, by the way, the word clippers nega and shalosh clippers atmeis is from the He says the word clippers nega. He doesn't say shalosh clippers atmeis, but he talks about three, three uh, husks, essentially. Yeah. And, um, and basically, the Klippus Nega is considered to be... Uh, yeah, yeah, Klippus Nega. It says Nega, 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 Nega. No, not Klippus, you're right, you're right, correct, I'm sorry. It says Nega. Right, Nega Musavi, right. Um, and and uh, the Itzchayim explains it, and, and then there's the three levels. The three are... Uh, uh, there's a whole letter from the Rebbe explains them. This doesn't usually talk about what the names of the three. just talk about three Klippus Atmeis. But there are three. They, um, they're Eish. Ruch Sada. Eish, I think. Slavis. Yeah, yeah, you may bring it. Um, anyway, the point is that the Klippus Neger generally speaks about Rishus. The things, let's say, that are not necessarily forbidden. Food. So once it comes in this world, food can be eaten for good purposes, it can be eaten for destructive purposes. Lishma, not lishma. Neutral. So that goes in the category of rishus. That's klippa snega. So it can go either way. It's, generally speaking, it's a weaker klippa, essentially. You could look at it as like a soft husk. And kshalak klippa are those klippas that became so an end in themselves that they are truly negative. Now, they too have a spark of godliness in them. Because there's no such thing as anything that it doesn't. In Ayin Beis and other places, it brings it clearly. So even when it says in the end of Perik Aleph of Tanya, it says, Gimel Klipsat Meish, Eimbehem Tev Klal. So the Tzamech Tzedek and the Rebbe Rashab, both right away, on Tanya, say, Mitzad Atzmam Eimbehem Tev Klal. They add Mitzad Atzmam. So they shouldn't understand that Tanya is being that there's actually, no, there's no, because there's no such thing that has, that doesn't have godliness in it. Mitzad Atzmam, it doesn't have Tev. What does that mean? So the Rebbe Rashav gives an example somewhere in, uh, in Samachay, I think, he says it's like Chaticha Nas Nevela, which means when you throw in something that's kosher piece of meat, but it's, in, it's overwhelmed by enough non-kosher, even though this is kosher, it's considered as if it becomes none. So the example would be like a black hole. The spark of the divine is stuck, so-called, in a place that the place is completely dark, so and, and, the, and therefore you're not allowed to enter there to reveal, to redeem that spark. The only way those sparks are redeemed is two ways. Either you avoid it, which is like a tzaddik, Yosha v'loi over is considered a different mitzvah. By avoiding it, that gufa reveals that it's not for you, that itself reveals the spark, because it means it reveals that the thing is not. The second way is, the, is that through a person, by unfortunately, God forbid, does not avoid it. And goes there. And then does tshuva. So then, he, he, it's called, you break the husk, 
you break the peel, you break the klipa, and you take out the spark and you use it for kedusha. But you can never redeem the the, the the actual negative thing. You have to destroy it. That's just uh, I just wanted to give a picture since it was the first time I mentioned the word klipa. In volume two and I am based is more discussion on clippers. Very little about clippers in volume one. We talk more about Eris and Eris as a When you learned Chelik Aleph of I am Beis, you can feel like we're perfect. But I guess there's a reminder here that there's also a thing called a clipper. Anyway. So now he's saying like this Cold Vodim Gashman Tachis Mamshalas Clippers Nege. That's what it means. They're under the control, basically, of a world where the, let's put it this way, where the shells dominate. We live in a world, you don't need to ask anyone, everyone knows, a world of externals. It's all packaging. It's all husks. So I mean, that's not exactly what he's saying here. That's the world of Madison Avenue or marketing. That, you know, it's not like, like the cynics say. It doesn't matter what happened. It matters what people think happened. So it doesn't matter what happened. It matters what people think happened. So that's a world of Klippus Nega. Tachas Mamshol is Klippus Nega. Shnege Me'udav Tevara. Nega. Now the question is, how do we translate Nega? Klippa is a shell. Nega is a... Uh, huh? Upshining. Yeah, like, like a nega hashemesh, yeah. Um, like a reflection. But here, hmm? a reflector, how is it touched in, 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 in Cheska, it's also a reflector. You know, nega himself, like there's a, like an aura, or like a, uh, like a halo type of thing, right. Um, I'd have to look that up, to be honest. This is it needs research. Exactly what means klipas nega? You know, we use the word so often. So klipa, I understand. So is the klipa of the nega? Or is the nega of the klipa? <laughs> klipas nega. I assume it means maybe the shell around that reflection. Now, if it was a real intense light, the shell would not be able to conceal it or distort it or control it. Yes. Yes. So it's, it, maybe that's what... So it's basically what happens is that the air goes through many, many diminishing... And then there's a clipper that's to top it off, and that's what controls it. This is what they say, opaque, translucent, and transparent. Translucent is the middle level, because no goes under the light. I don't think that's what I would say here at all. No, no, that's not what I would talk about. Obviously, that's true that some light can go through. Well, the classic clipper's neg is a piece of kosher food. Let's just talk about it for a moment. So it says, This is a pasuk in Ekev. That not on bread alone does a man live, does a person live, but on the Hashem, the spark of God within it. So the Adizal explains from the Zayar that the spark of God is the purpose of this piece of food, that's what gives it life, but it's now trapped, so to speak, a type of gullus, inside of the food. The big question is why do human beings, which are superior to Demim, Tzemeich, and Chai, are dependent on them for life? Our Neshamas are higher than theirs. The answer is the higher something is, the lower it falls. So they have sparks that come from higher places. Let's say the sparks of Tehu. That's really where it all clips. That's where the problems begin. See, before Tehu, Akeli, the minimal there is of Akeli already in Akudim, but it's Akeli to the air. It recognizes it. In Tehu, that's where there's the breaking of the container. So that's where the clippers get a life of their own. Because now they're no longer, they're like, you know, once it's shattered, you start finding, let's call it, let's make it this way, scattered shattered vessels all over the world, these are, this is Gashmias. So everything you see, each of us is allocated in our lifetime a certain amount of sparks to elevate. 
which means where you travel, people you get to know, what you eat, everything you do is basically these shattered containers that have sparks in them. But the containers now dominate because it's not like a, or it's not organized, it's not orderly, so it's all over the place. So in those, in that clip of nega, you have the clipper part and you have the nega part, basically. The energy would be the nega. So what he's saying like this is, so mitzad hatev, shenega mu'uruv tevera. Nega is tevera. So the spark as it is all the way above, it's, it wouldn't be called nega there. There would be called very intense energy. But when it comes down here, there's still something that remains of like a reflection or reflection or reflection of that energy. But what's it dominated, it's dominated by the peel, by the husk. Shenega mu'uruv tevera. It's a mixture of good and evil. Ra, just for the record, because again, uh, I spell it out because people when you say, what does Ra mean? What is evil exactly? Is evil uh, uh, an earthquake? Is evil the Nazis? Is it murder? What's evil exactly? So generally the definition of Tev and Ra, like he says in Tanya, that any Kedusha and Hepcha Kedusha. Kedusha is something that's bottled to godliness, and opposite of Kedusha is something that doesn't have bitl. Tevara is even a further level than that. Tev is something that is reflecting the divine will, and Ra means it's not reflecting the divine will, or going against the divine will. So you know, so just to define Ra, it's not such a simple thing to say something is evil. Is there such a thing as an evil thing in this world? Is a pig evil? No. No one said it's Ra. If you eat it, the act of you consuming it can be an act of Ra. But God created them. They have a purpose. When you ride on a horse. You can fulfill a kedushadika purpose. When you eat, God forbid, if you eat it, you're not. So the point is, it's a lot more than just just things are bad and things are good. So it all defines what the tater calls. What the tater will tell you how you use something, how you don't. Aveda zod is ultimate ra. You know why? Because it goes against fundamentally God. You created a false god. You're replacing God with something. So there's so even a mashu, even the smallest measure of it is already uh, ra. Other things are more relative. You may not allow to eat it, but you could have hanor from it. You know, you could have, uh, etc., etc. So it all is defined by how how much aligned it is with the Ratzin, with the divine will and desire, and how much not. I'm just spelling it out again, because a lot of these words we learn all the time, and you don't spell it out, huh? You're right, that killing itself is, is, is an evil act, right? But if it's done within the context of... Uh, Self-defense. Or, or, or yeah. There's a very complex letter that, I, frankly, I've never really mastered. It's in Chelikud Beis Lukutisichus from the Rebbe, where he talks about this whole thing, Arichus. You know, what, what exactly is Klippus and not Klippus? Is it Gavra? Is it Hefz? Is it the person? Or is it the object? It's a very interesting letter, very fascinating letter about the different levels of how we look at things that are not per, per, permitted. Because, for example, Eating on Yom Kippur is is one of the worst sins. Eating a day before or after is not. So what happened? What happens to the spark in this thing called eating on Yom Kippur? It's like, what does it change? Does the thing change? Or is it only changing relative to the human being? That's just a simple question. It's a lot to do with Issa Gavri, Issa Hefta, Pchamatz on Pesach. For eight days, for seven days. Is it Issa Gavri, meaning that it's only for you, on eight days of the year, you're not allowed to touch Chamatz. But there's nothing in it that changed. Because the baraya, day before, day after, the same thing you can eat. I'm not talking about chamushavr lava pesach. I'm talking about the same uh, substance. 
But it's, it's, it's a different discussion. Anyway, could go back here. So Negev Moruf the Mitzada. Mitzada Tevsha Ba Nichlalus Lapam Bekdusha. Mitzada Rasha Ba Nichlalus Lapam Beklimus Hatmeis. So from the good side of it, meaning the element that it's reflecting what God wants, Lapamim Negev, will be included, encompassed, contained in the side of Gdusha. The example in Tanya is very simple. Take a piece of food, shus, option, you have, it's neutral, you can go either way. You eat it, l'shem shamayim, meaning you make a brach, and you eat the food, the intention, that the strength that you gain from this, you're going to do a mitzvah, you're going to help somebody. Then, the tev inside this nega is included and, and, and encompassed nechlelis in the good kedusha. If, God forbid, but it's not guaranteed. It can also go the other way. If God forbid a person, let's say, eats it not for the right purposes, then the rashaba, then the negative side, meaning the fact that it's concealing what God wants and it's not doing what God wants, that becomes dominant. And then it's Nichol and Shoskribs and now something which was not so, let's put it this way, a soft husk has become a hard husk. Because now you've eaten it and with that strength you go ahead and hurt somebody. So you've taken something that was that had Gdusha in it, could have been used in Gdusha and used in the opposite. But it itself is in between, on its own. It's Nichol Fishah is the expression. For that moment, or that time, it's either become part of Gdusha or it becomes part of the opposite. The rhythm of life is, 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 is everything. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Oilam Haza is like he says, he says, look, he says, Kol Hadvarim Gashmim Tachas Bumshalos Klippas Nega. I think that Lashon is even in Tanya. Am I right? Something like that. Beginning in the first session of Pedic Vav. Internet, like anything, no question is Klippus Nega. Remember, Klippus Nega, the most important thing, everything is created by God. The question is how you use it. Yeah. Valkane, it gets more complicated also when you have Maisi De Odom, and then there's Maisi Shemayim. In other words, there are things that God created and said, this is not for you. Than things human beings do, like Aved Zara is often what a human being does. There's nothing. There's no tree in the world that just that, that, that sprouts as an Aved Zara. But if people worship it, it becomes in that category. And, and in other words, human being can proffer upon something and, and change its nitzur, so to speak. That, that that that's why it gets so complicated, huh? Yeah, exactly. Why I use the word tree? Exactly. They can make a, they can take a tree or uh, and make something which on its own was Klippus Nega. And turn it into that something that no one else. Same thing with the Ayanesach and other things. Even though the object itself on its own is not necessarily under that control of Klippus. But the, the, the truth is, it's a very complicated sugi, very complicated. Because as I said, a horse, is it Shosh Klippus or not? So Achille, yeah, and no, not. So right there, you're splitting something into two. If you eat it, it's and a lot of it's forbidden, it's it's, it's trafe. But riding on it or using it, in that kind of, so you have an object that's both. But that's, as I said, that's not the discussion. I'm just mentioning it for the record. Okay. Valkein Nikolat. Oh, here we go. Valkein Nikolat Hacherav Hamisapachas Kaneda, and that's why it's called a, uh, a flaming uh, sword, a flaming and Hamisapachas like a. Um, this is the expression which says when Adam and Chava were expelled from Gan Eden, so he says God put a malach there with a lot of misapachas, basically a flaming sword that he was that would uh, that keeps on twirling, uh, keeps on spinning. That's how do you translate lot of misapachas? 
Yeah. You want to go for a trip and try to find it? My doctor. The Ramban said, writes, that from a distance, some people in India once saw this Malach with the, with the sword. That's when it talks about Ganadin, whether you know what Ganadin is. Because if you, the best place to look is... The problem is there's so many places where there's flaming swords, it's hard to... Today, everybody's flaming swords, especially the, that, that part of the world. The, you know, the derv- twirling dervishes. They're always flaming swords. They do things a lot of swords. So it's hard to, Anyway, so that's a lot. What does this mean? Because that's referring to Shalashkri Pesatmeis. That's captured by the Shalashkri Pesatmeis. I'm not sure. I think not. Okay, Nikra Lat. What's Nikra? Which one? Kriposnega, you sure? Because he, he could flip either way. Oh, that's the point. That's the flipping point. Okay, maybe, yeah. Okay, this needs to be looked up, to be honest, because Kaneda... Okay, that's interesting touch. That could be... So in other words, the Cherev is Misapachas, can go here, this way or that way. Okay, good. That's the significance of it. Ah, so it'd be interesting to know like exactly what did God intend here with this Ghanaian guy, sword. this uh, guard, well, this watchman. Before Ghanaian, there was only Exactly, I got it. I understand. Right, right. So that's the pshat. But anyway, he's going back to all this is about Nidav. And the same thing is everything, like he said, all Gashmis is under the control of Klippus Nega. So every physical thing is mixed, good and, mean good and evil again. So a part of it that is aligned with God's will, a part that's not aligned. Actually, brings this example. Like a physical piece of food. When you eat it for the sake of heaven, meaning you're eating it not just for your own indulgence, or neutrally even, for no purpose at all. You're just hungry. But L'Shem Shemayim, for a higher purpose, meaning to do something with it, that the energy you get from the food will be used for something positive. Mizbarat Hanitzot you refine. Mizbarat actually means you separate the good spark within it. Like I elaborated that it all began from, the, there's a purpose in it all. And the energy of that nature, it says you re- remove it or you uh, separate it from what well, it's mixed, like the snowball effect. It's mixed with everything else. It's very, very simple. Today, we will encounter many physical things in our lives. That thing, thing is, is a state waiting for you to act. What are you going to do? I'm not talking about ignoring it. You're either going to use it, and this could be food or it could be an interaction, or it can be money, or it can be anything, any any physical uh, activity, or or object. Any encounter with a friend, or with a any dog. everything, absolutely everything, every little thing. Well, you're walking down the street. What are you thinking about? What are you looking at? What do you learn from it all? So you can use it and reveal, redeem, separate, so to speak, and identify the positive in it. Let's say you look at a tree and say, "Wow, Godless Habeda. Start meditating and say this tree is like teaches you something about God. Or you can ignore it. Or just say it's beautiful. Or something. You know, and not to learn anything from it. Or you can look at it and it arouses some type of uh, etc. So everything has an, that possibility in this world because this world is not a world of it's not, it's not the world of Kedusha. It's a world with this Iruf Tevera. That's basically what he's saying. Everything has a possibility to go two ways. 
And it's you, the person, that makes the choice. So when you use it, L'shem Shemayim, you're basically taking the good part that's in it, and you're separating it, redeeming it, and then it gives you, and it in turn gives you strength to be in Eisek HaTeda, in Harving, in Immersion in Teda, and Aveda serving. No, I wouldn't say that. How through the Eisek HaTeda no, I wouldn't say that. No, I would say Mesif Lay, the person. Mesif Lay. Because why, why, who cares about whether they got strength or not? But we're talking about the person, huh? What? The person. I'm, yes, for sure the person. There's nothing to talk about. Because this is Mamish Lash Natanya. Anyway, but then the Kumechamer Verecha Pichin. That uh, wine. Uh, and uh, and a beautiful and a, a beautiful scent, pikin uh, sharpen you. They pikin uh, comes from also smarter, but I think here pikin is sharpened, right? Sharpens your yeah. So so this case, so we see that it sharpens the person's senses. And till I didn't eat. Flesh, what? The Tura is uh, an ox, yeah, a shayr Tura. The you know, like you know, heavy duty meat. Um, what do we call it? <laughs> I'm looking for uh, what do they call it in uh, in restaurants? Um, prime rib. Until I didn't eat this type of like serious piece of meat, a good steak. There you go. My mind was not, uh, didn't come to a comp- a clarity, or it didn't, I didn't come to peace. So, you know, when you read these things on their own, you can look like the guy's just indulgent. He needs to eat a good piece of steak to get his mind at peace. But the meaning in it is really because when you're doing it for Gedusha, is that the food is actually helping, giving you strength in your das or pikin. To uh, to do your Aveda in a greater way, he speaks in Tanya about this in the first chapters. Well, the hepech and the opposite. When he eats his piece of food to fulfill the desires of his 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 desires, desires. it. It uh, thickness ma'ava makes makes him crasser and more uh ma'ava more dense more crass or magasha may say and more coarse coarse and crass okay or kamaimer lili kresa zina bisha that's someone that fills his stomach meaning indulges you know they say fill his stomach you know kresa zina bisha it is a uh, it causes a uh, how would you say that? Uh, no, Bish is. Um, yeah, right. Chataim Varayim? Chataim Varayim. Yeah, but how do you translate Zina? Attitude, like a direction. Yeah. 
Now, Bisha means not Bisha from Busha. This is a different no. Bisha. This is Eina Bisha. This is more like an evil, something more like it turns him into something negative. It says, Chatayim Barem. Okay, he has the Marm. Right. Where's the Lashon Melikres is in the Bisha? Does he say the Marm for that? Yeah. It's in and Bez. Okay. Now, what about the... What? No, he brings Rashi. Okay. Bottom line is that that filling your stomach up indulgent does not bring good things. It brings the bad. It's not just a neutral thing. You just stuffed yourself. It brings the negative things. He's basically showing how each way he goes. Okay. What's the mukkah he brings for Le'achil uh, Nabisa, the Tura? It's also a Gemara. Okay, good. There we go. Molkvist is in the Bisha. Ubezeh Aveda. Now this comes Aveda. Ubezeh, and this is the Aveda. Our Aveda. Litchisasara the nega to push away, to reject, to um, yeah, reject the rav nega, the negative part of nega. So here you have basically a physical world that has within it two directions, or two powers, very similar like we have inside us. Nefshalikis nefshabamis. So everything has in it uh, a in it and has it on it, and uh, and this daveda is to deny, to reject the ravit. Okay, By determining, or you could say, by affecting your spirit, that you should. You're piling on yourself, uh, influencing yourself, convincing yourself, different ways to actually feel benafshe, to pile on yourself, to impact, to affect on yourself that you shouldn't desire the pleasures of the of the pleasures of man. Of, of, uh, man. Meaning, meaning, yeah, meaning the of the of the masses, right? Like havelam. And through the intention that is for the sake of heaven, he separates and, and refines and elevates the spark, the good spark. And the Aveda to achieve this is the, begin, the beginning of this Aveda is through davening, praying. What, why? What is praying? The praying is this Bonus Belakus, the contemplation on godliness. When a person meditates, contemplates on God, in this world, it causes them to feel a love and a closeness to Godliness. That the ultimate of his pleasure, or his inner desire, and his desire and will is in Godliness. He does not desire, does not want to have the material and the crassness of this world. And, this, and it also impacts on him that even the things in the world that, that he's, he must have, because we were created, that were dependent on the material world. It should only be out of necessity. And with an intention also to Shem Shemayim. So in other words, two things. When, as a person becomes more godly, they in general want less of this world. We're talking about the things even that are optional. And even the things that you do, but you must have, 
You do it only because you must, and even that, you do it with the kavana for the, for the correct purpose, the Shem Shemayim. And through this, you push away and reject the Ra, the negative part within the Nega, within this halo, aura, whatever we call it, light. Or let's call it very, you know, Nega, I know what Nega is, and it's also used by, by Shkir Sachamo. When the sun goes down, it's only remains is like, uh, like almost like the, the last rays of light. That's also used, Nega. So it's like, it's, it's, it's still a form of energy, but it's very, very diminished. Right. 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 So two things. You push away Ra, and you elevate the good spark, that it be encompassed in holiness. This is the general way we should work. In other words, everything in this world, you, you're closer to godliness, so you reject the negative, and you elevate the positive. Now he's saying, however, there's an eifin, there's a way that even the ra, even the negative part within that glow, or whatever you want to call it, nichol begdusha, is also included in dusha, kumei b'shabbos, like on Shabbos. Shomer azam, mitzvah la'angoi, b'achil Shabbos, it's a mitzvah. La'angoi. La'angoi, I think, has two interpretations, to be manik the Shabbos, or manik the person. It's a mitzvah to, 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 to bring pleasure to Shabbos and to the person through Achille Vashtiyah, through eating and drinking. Which means it's not just avoiding it and doing only what's necessary in L'Shem Shamayim. It's a mitzvah l'chatchila to go there. To, to, to immerse yourself in Klippas Nege, basically. For who? Shagam ha-tayna gagashim hu badregas ha-gdusha b'Shabbos. Meaning that even the physical pleasure in eating Shabbos on Shabbos, it also becomes elevated to Gdusha. So suddenly, a thing that yesterday and Friday would have been considered just a plain physical Gashmi, pleasure, which could have been either way. And you'd want to reject anything unnecessary. Shabbos, it's a mitzvah to go there. And that same thing becomes Kedusha. Why can't you say that Shabbos just elevates the Tev and you're also rejecting the Ra? Because he says, because you're embracing the meal. It's not just you're eating it L'Shem Shemaim. It says you have to go and eat eat, a food, eat thing. And what you're eating is Klippus Nega that has both sides to it. So, it's a, so it shows that it's deeper than just... So you can live to eat on Shabbos. Yeah, it's a mitzvah. To, it's a, the Shammai would put away the best food on Sunday to eat a Davka on Shabbos. And, and not on Yom this doesn't. Yantav is, it depends, it's different days. Yantav is more simcha, but there is an element of, in simcha, simcha, For that reason, right, that, yeah, but bottom line, Yantav, it's not quite, it's not mitzvah la'angay Yantav, but it's in simcha, and after that, it brings the shulchan Yantav would be a similar idea. That when you eat, beat, eat, or drink wine, it's, it's probably not, I don't think it's, I mean, Shabbos is a different higher gedusha. Right. The who inyan now he says this is the inyan of ishapcha shara nepach l'teva nasa taina galaki. This is a form of ishapcha transformation that the ra meaning that piece of food that had in it tevra. You're not just rejecting it, just eating the shem shemayim. You're eating the whole thing. It's a mitzvah to eat, and everything, the whole meal becomes kedusha. I mean, you have to touch it that way, because because that's what he's saying. I mean. 
I mean, you could technically you could have interpreted that Shabbos is like more l'shem shemaim than the week, and that's it. But he's not saying that. Because I'm wondering, one second, if you eat l'shem shemaim during the week, you're also elevating the ra. You're eating the whole food. You're not like throwing out part of it. But I guess it's the mitzvah to eat. There's no mitzvah to eat during the week. You eat only because a person Shabbos can't live. You don't have to eat it, Lashem Mitzvah. Yeah, but because but, no, but Shabbos is, is Shem Shemaim. Eating Shabbos is the mitzvah. That's the that's the part. Because during the week, like you said, it's it's only mitzvah hechlech, not mitzvah mitzvah. So hechlech here because the whole is a mitzvah to eat. You have to say the whole thing is being elevated. Well, there's the Oxnashtraimel. So, you know, even Shabbos says Amar doesn't lie on Shabbos. Some say that means a Tamil Chacham, maybe, yeah, you know. Um, it's not so simple. What, what, what that means? Shabbos, yeah, Shabbos has an extra power. But remember, Bechira is Bechira. You can murder someone on Shabbos too and behave not properly. Shabbos is a holier day, so the physical world elevates. So everything in the physical world, you have more power to be able to go and transform it. But that does, a person can still do something wrong on Shabbos too. Is there gluttony on Shabbos? Is it can be gluttony on Shabbos? No, I'm sure of that. It doesn't, it doesn't discuss it here. Mitzvah anger doesn't mean to go ahead and, and overdo it. Also, you know, I saw the Rebbe eat on Shabbos. It wasn't it was uh, minimal, but it was a mitzvah, so he did it. Yeah, we, we see by us, some people eat because of the mitzvah. Some people the mitzvah because they eat. You understand? I remember if I bring in the Rebbe would make Kiddush in the beginning or make a brocha and then he'd take a piece of cake. And that was that. He never touched the cake through the whole Fabring. At the end, when he had to make a bracha the Rebbe would start eating a whole piece of cake. I remember thinking, you know, he eats in order to make a bracha and we make a bracha in order to eat. Instead of just eat to have the shir to be able to make a bracha because he ate so little. So it was an interesting uh, take on Elam uh, Haza. So there's two different ways to look at things. Um, it says Sadik Echol Seva Nafshe. That's the so this talks. It, this is discussed elsewhere at length about this whole uh, different the different uh, situations. Look, his is usually tshuva. Here he's not even talking. He's talking Shabbos is a sabchi. So it's already not not talking about the ultimate level. Anyway, so Nasa Taina Galaki. So that's the vote. Yeah, so Taina because it's a mitzvah. When you eat in the weekdays, the most you can have is you don't have you definitely don't have a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah to eat. But you could eat with a kavon So klipas nega, you've redeemed the good in it and you've directed it toward Kedusha. Shabbos, it's a mitzvah to eat. It's a mitzvah to take a piece of klipas nega which has tevera and make a, and that enig that you have in eating, in the weekday you could argue you shouldn't have enig at all. You shouldn't have any pleasure in eating. You should only be eating for the purpose of, of taking the energy and using it for a mitzvah. Shabbos, it's a mitzvah to have pleasure. So that means the pleasure is the part of that, and that's coming straight from the food, the pleasure. It's not coming from. Okay. Because now, this Eifan Abir, the first one that he was talking about during the week, that you have to push away and avoid and reject the evil. Meaning that Yeshne bimitzias. I'm sorry. Litchis who shara Yeshne bimitzias. That the evil is there in existence. Vahenu kshataina gagashmi who b'tayve gashmis. Meaning that the physical. That what I just said now. The physical pleasure 
is in the desire, the physical desire. And that's Megashim. During, in other words, during that Shabbos, Canal. That's what it means. And you have to avoid it or push it away, reject it, meaning you shouldn't have pleasure in it. Because during the week it's controlled by Klippus Nega. That's the level of Iskafia, which means avoiding, Krefa, to. Doesn't mean avoiding the food altogether, it just means avoiding Right. The pleasure part. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he's going to say. Shabbos is not like that. So that's Iskafia. The word Iskafia is Aramaic for Krefa, meaning like imposing yourself, forcing yourself. And he subdues the evil. But in the level of transformation that the evil is transformed to good. So now that he has no tiny. But that the tiny, the pleasure now is a pleasure of Mitzvah Shabbos to eat on Shabbos. So it doesn't have in it any of the, the physical desire at all. And Shabbos eating is a, is a, is a divine pleasure. So that transforms it. He's explaining what I was that transforms the, the negative into the positive. That's the difference between the work during the week, the service during the week, and the service of Shabbos. Then you do it. As it's now it's known that the six days of the week, of the, of the work week, of the mundane week, are the six days, are the six levels, the six days of Zah. Chesed through Like it's known, the Pasuk, So the Zayr asked the question, it should have said, That God created the world in six days. What's Sheshis Yom as if he created the six? So the Zayr says, He created actually six levels. Chesed, And that from that evolved six days. And then, in those six days, he also created things. Okay, a little Kabbalah. Get your Kabbalah muscles uh, flexed. The mind of the Chayel, meaning, so that's Midas. And what is the intellect of the Chayel? In other words, what is ruling, governing? Every, you know, Midas need to be governed. So what rules it? That's Mechen the Ima. The mind of the mother. Bina. She calls up Madrega de Ishtalshlus. Ah, so remember this goes back now to what we learned. This is all levels of Ishtalshlus. Shizabchin Samitsiyas Delakus. This is all the levels of the structure, the process. We recall, remember we said Meichen the Abba is higher than Ishtalshlus. That's going to be Shabbos. Meichen the Ima is Ishtalshlus, meaning it's the structure. Bina, as he spoke, is a gradation. You understand a little more, you understand more, you go deeper, deeper, deeper. You climb. Bina climbs closer to Chochma. Midas climbed closer to Bina. That was the discussion. So there's a Ishtalshlus in it. He calls it now, Zebchins Hametziyas Delakus. It's the Metziyas, not the Mohus. This is existence of the structure that, of godliness. Valkein HaVeda B'Zeobchins Iskafi Levad. And that's why the Aveda. And this is only Iskafi. Meaning you cannot elevate it, you have to deny it. Reject Shabbos is, however, is the level of meichin da abam that's higher than the structure and the process. And this already is like riyah. This experiences 
the essence of it. You don't just know it exists, you're getting a taste of the essence of it, the personality. And the Aved on this level is in the form of transformation of Isapch. Which means, and that this means, and this is, this means, everything is godliness. Everything is Gashmis. Actually, one second, he's talking about Isapch. Sorry. That even the physical things are, that pleasure in them is also a divine pleasure. Like we say, a tzaddik eichel, a tzaddik eats, l'seva nafshe, to fill, to sate his soul. Nefesh, the emphasis here is that he's eating not for eating himself, not for filling his stomach, but l'seva nafshe, for for spiritual purposes. And in general, this is also the difference between the beard of tefillah, the refinement that we achieve through prayer, from below upward, the refinement that we achieve through teda, that goes from top down. Like it says elsewhere, this will be discussed later in the Hemshech. Tefillah is like a sulam mutzavatza, it's like a ladder. Tefillah is initiated, bottom line, tefillah is initiated by the person, teda is initiated from above. I'm not talking about limadat teda. God gave teda on Har Sinai. So it came first. He gave, he gave us Teda. When you sit down with a Teda, you're not initiating what it says. It says the words. And you're learning what it says. And you're appreciating it. So Teda is fundamentally a thing that comes upward. up From the top down. Tefillah, there's nothing, it's not the Siddha that does it. Tefillah is your heart speaking. Ezra Veda Shabbat loves way Tefillah. You're building a ladder from the earth. Sula Mutzavatsa Reisha Megiyashamayma. Upward. And you're climbing the... The fact that we read from a siddha that the prayers were helped, designated prayers that help us speak. But the true mitzvah tefillah, as the Rambam says, is to pray when you need, when you're in need. When you have a need, you speak to God. I need something. So prayer is basically self-initiated from below, and it's working your way up, working from the down upward, and tefillah is bringing down from above below. You're understanding the tater God gave us, you're making it yours. Now, of course, there's a tater also because Bottom line is you're learning and you're working yourself to understand it, but you're dealing with something that's more of a more that's a revelation. Whereas Phil is not revelation. Phil is you're the one that's generating. She says this is also the difference between these two things. Chayil and Shabbos is like these two. What's the difference? Okay, it doesn't get into detail. I guess that Phila which is which? That's a good question. Shabbos generally is a Vedas at Tfilah. Because he Shabbos. Does he mean that Shabbos is Tfilah where you can elevate everything? And Tfilah you can only do, which is the Kedusha. Maybe we'll understand it from the Dharim. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which is which here. I would lean towards saying Tfilah is Shabbos because that's what he usually says. But technically here it seems like Tfilah is actually, but Tfilah is probably Shabbos, not Shabbos. Tater is more because Tater is like a tzaddik during the week. You're supposed to avoid things. Tefillah, and I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I'm not positive. Which when he says Zel calls Zel Gamke in the Hefresh, what's the Hefresh? What, what's what? Well, we don't answer things on Shabbos so much like the, during the week. 
Yeah, but still on the other hand, Shabbos is mainly, it says, that learning of Shabbos is not as primary as Tefillah of Shabbos. Right, Those that learn in Yonim, right, have a problem on Shabbat. Those that don't, don't have such a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, Shabbos for sure is a Sabbath. So which one is it, Tefillah or Teda? That's the question. And just, I'm just, he said, I'm just wondering which is which. Let's see, maybe he'll figure out. Huh? Any thoughts? <laughs> it's not clear, it's just not, he doesn't stay, it doesn't spell it out. It's, 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 huh? But, okay, but how does that, but I'm, I'm asking a question when he says Zeo Gamkein, which is which? It's what a matter is. It's got to be the Ben Sabiru. The Ben Sabiru doesn't apply in Shabbos. Right. Tefillah right. Shabbos is much different. Correct. So, so what do you conclude from that? That the that's more Taylor. It's more Taylor Shabbos. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. You can go. You, let's continue. It doesn't say specifically. Yeah, the day itself is I agree. I understand. He just said that. I understand that. It appears that, generally speaking, you, I would also tell you that Tefillah is the weekday, because Tefillah is... is um, right, like that. But And Shabbos is more the Tehre, like I'm Shocha, and, and therefore it's Tainug, and it's a Chetchila Kedusha. It's not Berechenzich, like Tefillah. But I was just wondering, because sometimes it says Tefillah is connected to Shabbos, and Tehre is not so. It's, it's, it's probably correct. That's probably the way it is. Now, Razal said in the Dorim, Siyog Luprishus. Taking a vow, taking vows is a Siyog, a support, or a Siyog Lutera. A offense, but it means. But a guard. But, but sometimes it also means it's like it protects that you shouldn't. So you have a challenge, so you create something like that. But siyog also means that it is a protector that leads you to a higher level. So in the Diyarim, siyog le prishus. Oh, you mean here siyog, you think would be a gate? That Nadarim is a gate to prishus? In other words, to achieve, prishus basically means separating yourself from the from the physical desires of this world. So Nadarim is a method of achieving that. So by taking a nether, so generally speaking, you don't need a nether. But if you want to take an additional separation, a nether means I will not touch something. So it's not just I won't, I don't want to. I actually vow, take a vow that I won't. What is it in Avedah? Avedah Shabederech is kafia. The pum tzarechli is bederech prishus legame. This means that Avedah, that's in the form of iskafia, where you're avoiding something inappropriate. The problem is that sometimes that type of avedas, that type of service, requires that you do it bederach prishus, meaning separating yourself, legamri, completely. In other words, it's not always iskafi. Doesn't always mean total prishus, total separation, total asceticism. For who So when is it? When yeah? What? Why? That is when a person knows inside in his soul, knows within. When he knows that he cannot pile on himself, he knows he can't affect himself to the extent that he's not going to have enjoyment from the physical thing and will do it only in Lashem Shemaim. He knows he can't achieve that level. The and he's afraid for himself, for his soul. 
that it will be controlled or consumed by this physical desire, physical pleasure. And through this he shall, he'll fall, he'll descend, God forbid. That's why he completely separates himself from it. So, so, there's, so there's, in other words, a scenario in Iskafia, which is Lepamim, not always, where a person senses that I don't have. Before he said, Aveda is, Klippus Neger during the week. Avoid something of this. So don't indulge. What happens if a person senses that they can't control, or that it's too powerful, or they're too weak, or whatever the reason, as you just said. So there's a Siyog Lepamim. There's a thing that you do, and an extra guard, that you, safeguard that you create. And that is that he... He completely separates himself from it. That's what a nether is. The vows. That you prohibit yourself on yourself. You take upon yourself a prohibition on something that is permissible. We're not talking about something that's not permissible. You don't need a vow for that. And Razal It's not enough what the Teda prohibited you. In other words, the Chazal doesn't see it always in a positive light. That means... But here he's trying to bring proof, not that it's negative, it's that, that it's not something that the tailor itself did. You took upon yourself extra, an extra precaution. However, this is Zeom And this is because, even though the Taylor Taker says, the Gemara Razal say that, you know, that doesn't look at it as an initial approach to life. But, but the reason he's doing it because he doesn't feel he cannot elevate the thing. So he he prohibits himself. He takes a, he makes an isra on himself. The thing is not is not prohibited, but I prohibit myself from touching it or consuming it. What is he actually doing? It says in the Dorim is like a carbon. You know, carbon is an animal, and it's an animal in the field. Is rishus? Uh, it's When someone designates an animal and says, "I'm going to use it for a carbon or an offering," as soon as he designates it, it's very chulin. It's no longer. It can't start be using it for something else. You can't even change your mind. There's all kinds of categories. So nether is a similar thing. Something was neutral, and you took upon yourself and said, "For me, it's now not acceptable." In other words, he made it so that. By doing this, he brought upon himself, by taking the nether, he, he drew upon himself an air makiv of dusha, a surrounding energy of, of holiness. The carbon is the object, or he becomes like the carbon? No, the, the carbon is the object, not, not the... No, he's otzer basically. He's not allowed to use it, like you're not allowed to use the carbon. Once you designate that thing for kedusha, you can no longer use it for your own personal needs. Well, that's what it's called. It's called make makiv the gedusha because it's uh, it's like a. See, that emphasis is not so much on makiv. It's just that it's something that is now turned them into a holier state of being, like a nazir or a person who's a nether is has taken upon himself extra measure of of uh, of, of holiness. However, this extra measure that he's doing is still a form of rejection. He's not elevating it. He's rejecting it. In other words, we speak now two levels of tchia. The first tchia is a regular person just avoids something. And his job is, when you do eat, do only what's necessary, avoid the, the negative, and, uh, and elevate the good. 
Then there's an extra person who says he's not going to touch it at all. That's even a deeper level of rejection. So, but he's saying that this is still a form of rejection. It's not elevation. And also, all this comes from Bina with Aveda. The work is all through avoidance. But the level, from the level of Chachma, through this, even the negative can become positive. The Ra, the evil, can become good. Chachma is matter, he disavows the vow. He can uh, abnegate it. What's the word? Uh, can, he can um, abolish, um, um, nullify the vow. The Chachm. This is already a Sabchim. Chachm. This is like the eating on Shabbos that's not Megashim. So, as I said, there's three levels that he's defining here. One is regular, not, not extra measure of a nether, just a regular weekday where you work and your focus is. The, the, do, eat, eat what's necessary, not more, and whatever it is, l'shem shemayim, you reject the negative, and you're elevating the positive. Shabbos is uh, then, the, then there's nedarim. Then a person says, I can't even touch it because if I touch it, I can't elevate it. I don't have the power to elevate it. So he says, I avoid the whole thing, in the first place. I won't eat it. I won't drink wine. I won't do other things. Then there's the next level. He's talking here, Shabbos. Shabbos, the whole thing is different. The Gashim itself is being transformed into holiness. And he's saying that's the level where Chochm is Matres Haneder. That he goes deeper. Matres Haneder, usually we see you just go back to regular. Guy took a vow and then you abolish the vow. Right? You nullified it. So you're back to square one. It's not correct. He's saying Chochm Matres Haneder is giving the person the power to go back into it and elevate it. He doesn't have to reject it. Because the nether is causing him to reject it. That's what he's going to say here. So, so there he is eating. It's not avoiding eating. There's a whole halach about it. It's not, uh, if you make an there's a whole thing about it. Not so simple. Even if you make a nether with that condition, it's still a nether. And, and, and there's a big question. It's like ain't 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 kategan right? It's like, right, exactly. It's not echter really, but uh, the, the thing is, why would a person do that? Why would a person make a nether on condition to the, for what in order to get this mile? Because he learned this thing that it's elevated by the problem. Okay, okay. Well, that then goes in probably an echter Um Look, if a person sincerely feels that he can't go there, he doesn't go there, and that's it. That's what it is. A nether is never meant to be a nether for life anyway, by the way. And the darim are usually for a period of time, 30 days, 11 months, whatever. I mean, a nether is not a type of lifetime nether. We're not talking about exceptions, you know. The normal manner, manner of behavior is, you know, you feel you have a certain attraction to something. So then, okay, so then, and that's the Achil of Shabbos, like the Achil of Shabbos, that you're going there, and it does not um, make you more coarse or crass. And this is what it says by Nedarim, What's the addition? All the prophets, when they spoke, they prophesied with the word Koi. Koi means like. 
you say something is kai, you say like something. Kai, uh, um, similar to. When you say ze, it means like you're pointing to it. It's like saying, I see it. Ze, ze yitnu. This, this, ze means this, kai means like. So it says that all the Nevi'im, all the prophets, when they spoke, they did not see the thing that they were uh, prophesizing. They spoke like they're telling a story that they heard. Meaning that like a reflection of something. And Moshe was the only one that was able to see directly and speak as you know, first, first hand experience. So Gilead Mahus. Koi would be a Gilead Metzias and and uh, and uh, Ze is Gilead Mahus. Because Gilead Metzias means you know it's there, but you can't really describe it as you saw it yourself. Ze is when you actually reveal the thing itself. Would be the difference where someone sees a beautiful thing and tells you what they see as they're seeing it, or someone that heard about some something beautiful and sharing with you what they heard. It's a difference. That's known, Mesha is the level of Chachma. So that's Zeh. That's going to be Zeh Adover. And since the whole idea of of uh, neutral of uh, nullifying vows, disavowing vows, is from the level of the Gilea Since the whole thing comes from the revelation of the essence of something. From the level of Chachma, that's why it says Zehadavar. The word Zeh. Zehadavar. So Zeh meaning basically, Vedaba Meshal Reshe Matis. Mesha, the level of Chachma speaking to the heads of the tribes. Amatis Lebne Israel, the tribes of Israel. Lema Zehadavar. This, this level of Muhus is the thing that will give the power to transform the vows that are going to come. That's how he's detaching it. And this mitzvah is said specifically to the heads of the tribes. Because the two twelve tribes, they are the six midas emotions of They are the twelve sides of the. Oh, we went through this. How do we translate alachsen? Yeah, diagonals. Alachsen literally means a. Uh, when something's balachsen, you mean it's like a. Uh, a plane. A, a, um, on a. A slant, right. But alachsen, but when the dude base bully alachsen, and we did this once, that when you take a three dimensional item, it has six sides, and each six is twice because it has the back and front of that side. So if you look, let's say, at something like this. So you have, right, we, we talked about this. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay? Um, and then, if you take about this, 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 and there's the inside and outside. So six times twelve. And they make an image of it. When you make an image of it, um, they make an image of, let's say, you take a square, and you make diagonals. No, it would be, I think it would be like this. There's four over here, one, two, three, four, right? The same thing on the other side. It's eight. And then... Uh, 9, I, 10, 11, 12. Okay, but I just did a... Correct. So when you do... when you do In mathematics, they have it. When you do a... Um, they do a square and you put... A cube. A cube. There are no diagonals. 
When you draw it, it's with diagonals, correct? But that's how it's done. Yeah, we 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 did this. We did it on paper already, right? Huh? You could do it this way also. Right, exactly. That's the way they do it usually. They do because that's, that's to show it on a diagram. You want to do it on a on a, on a one-dimensional page. So you do is you make the diagonals, and then I believe it's one, two, three. Then the insides and you know, all the, the what you remember our discussion on this. No. I agree, I agree. Okay. Bottom line is that the Yud Shvatim are the seven, are the six midas times two basically. Yud Beis Gvuli Alachsenim. Gvulim are the are the borders of the of the edges essentially uh, of the diagonals. And the heads of the tribes, these are the mechin of Zah, that's the level of Bina. So we have Moshe speaking to the heads of the tribe, saying, So Moshe was, was drawing into them, was transmitting to them from the level of Chachma into Bina, that they should have the power to nullify a vow. Because even though Bina on its own, that's where Nadarim come from, that's where the vows come from, but Bina at the end of the day is also, a, he, he's still, it's still, at, after all, a container to Chachma. And this is what Meshach spoke specifically to the heads of the tribe. The word Vedabr comes from, is from the expression Anhoge, to, to, to lead, to govern, to lead, to draw, to transmit. Vedabr, he's speaking to them, Vedabr. It's like leading them. Right. It's a form of leader of leading and directing, leading, directing, and guiding and and ramshach and transmitting. That he transmitted from the level of chachma to the heads of the tribes. They're the level of the mind of bina because they are the heads of the tribes, which is the midas. One second. This is similar. Neidah b'chai ha-melech. The melech is Zah, it's like the matis. And the chai ha-melech is bina, is like the rasha ha-matis. Okay? To be able to, the hatiris to neutralize, to abolish the vow. Yeah. Absolve, abnegate, abolish, they're all correct. Disavow. And uh, as he said, what was the other one we used before? <laughs> Nullify. Nullify. This is the meaning Zehadover. The revelation of the essence of it. That through that specifically you have the power to nullify. Huh? Untie. Untie. Abnegate. They're all correct. Disavow. Abolish the, the vow. Interesting tight chair. In other words, the pastors, when you read the post, he's telling them the mitzvah of Nadarim. And really what he's saying here is really telling them the power of Hataras Nadarim. Which is, which is, in other words, Nadarim are made in order to be matter them, not Chathila. That's how he's touching here. In other words, that's the whole post, why it's using the words Meshe, Zehadavar, Vaidaber, 
Matiz Bnei Yisrael is all teaching them the power that Bina should have the power of Chochmah to abolish them. A wife who doesn't take it, can't take it, yeah, right. The whole union of Matik Nether is not... Is not what? It is, it's, 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 what does it say after, it says right after Rosh Hashemat, what does it say about Zadover, then it talks about, it does it, but I'm saying, but but with pastors, you read the pastor, he's telling the whole mitzvah of Nadarim, and then also that part. I'm just saying, he's saying it's almost like, that the main focus, even in the beginning, is on the end, not on the Nadarim themselves. That's uh, what I'm saying. Right, because 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 look at the Dayach Mash Aslochat Teira. In the Rebbe, the year after the Rebbe is passing away, Astalkos, so the Rebbe did not take a haircut till after Pasha, after Shavuos. You could see you could see pictures by Kesha Baruch and so on, very long hair, very long. Relatively speaking, and on Shabbos Pasha Nase Tovshin Memches Memches Memtes was it wasn't a year that he did it. It was I think it was Memches Yichov Beishvat from Yichov Beishvat till Nase. No, only half a only half a year. Half a year is a lot of time. I think it was I don't think it was a year and a half. A year and a half. I don't think so. I'm not. I have to check. I have to check. But I remember that Shabbos Pasha Nase, which is, talks about the Nazir. Rebbe spoke about a Nazir. You could see that uh, he was talking. You know, you could see from he was hinting. No one knows. The Rebbe didn't say, but it looks like, you know, the the of Naziris was generally taken by people who, you know, there's like, you know, in this case, the Rebbe was like a Chayit Nalibe. It says he fashwas b'maisov. So it was like, an, I, why he did it, I can't tell you. You know, the Rebbe's Cheshbenes. Yeah, yeah, not because, but something happens. When something negative happens, it's like you take upon yourself an additional measure. That's what it looked like. I, I checked, I think, I think also the Rebbe did not... He yelled at himself. I don't know. But um, uh, I remember that. I remember that was that. That's what we were saying then. The Rebbe was like, it took upon himself. I don't think it was a year and a half. I'm almost sure it was not. It would have been too impossible. A year and a half, it's a lot, a lot. Six months is also a lot. Not take a haircut six months. But that's what you took a haircut in Pashanasa. Yeah, right after Shavuos, that week. Yeah, but it was clearly, it was not. I, I think if I recall correctly, I have to check with Label Grown, I think also he avoided the wine. That's how they knew. It was clear. You know, any. And it's also shy. Yeah, yeah. Shabbos and Nazis is allowed to drink, I believe. Uh, and Nazis is allowed to drink wine on Shabbos? Huh? No? Even grape juice you can't. I don't remember then. There was something we talked about wine. I can't remember what the thing was. Okay. What what time is it now? Huh? 10-11. Okay, we're going to have to stop here. I thought I could go another chapter. I'm doing the Kitsur, yeah. Let me do the Kitsur. The Kitsur... On page I invite This is a kitzur not only of this last end, it's also of the previous chapter, Mem. That the second Eifa, meaning the second way of Ilava'ol, cause and effect, is that it's of the same personality, same Uchus. And there he gives like like the transmission of intelligence from a teacher to a student. So it's the same idea. It's not Meichen and Midas that's now a new type of entity. It's the same idea that's giving birth to the next level. It's only a reflection. 
and it comes from the outer dimension of the higher levels. That's also only a reflection. In other words, in the mind of the teacher itself, the idea is also only a reflection of the depth of the, of the teacher. And therefore, the, the coming into being of the effect, effect is through the appreciation and comprehension of the ilah. They have a, a, a similarity. And it comes into being in a commensurate way, proportionate to it. And we say the all is a more elevated one is when he understands, appreciates more the cause. And this effect becomes more refined, more more subtle. All this is not possible by an atzmi. An atzmi, like chokhme, as an essence, you don't have these levels and gradations and degrees. And that's chokhme bina riyashmiya. Seeing and hearing. And even the feelings within Chachma are also a form of resonance, resonating truth. And for this we understand the Nadarim, the vows that come from Bina, the Hetan Nadarim, the Chachma, and the nullification of the vows that come from Chachma. And he explained what it says that Mesha spoke to the heads of the tribes. So we'll stop here. We did chapter, we did the end of the Mimer, the tenth Mimer.